Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Let's get into it. Let's air some grievances about this Miami Dolphins game. Everybody's talking about it, dude. The Miami Dolphins were flagged 10 times for 70 yards. And I think, dude, you just kind of proved the biggest point of this whole, this whole issue. You go to the bank. You're watching the game. The Eagles aren't replaying any of this stuff because there were no penalties. They're not re-showing Cedric Wilson getting his helmet switched sideways, looking like that is his heads on backwards, like he's a Lego minifigure type thing. That just goes to show, man, that the frustration that we feel, the I'm ready to flip over a table, is somewhat warranted when you see how poorly this game was officiated. Yeah, you know, some people might say you're making excuses, but you're not when it's just that many of you missed mistakes or missed penalties here or, you know, there's something else that they didn't call over there. I mean, it could have honestly dictated the way this one was because correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a 17-17 game going into the fourth quarter. So the Dolphins were still hanging around Um, for the refs, you know, kind of go out of their way and to only penalize the Dolphins, it seemed, well, I think they did, right? Ten penalties to zero. I see Dolphins Twitter going down this hole during – like they're out there Scooby-Doo style, man, finding out that this guy lives like 50 miles away from, from uh, Philly <laughs> or something. Dude. Yeah, something crazy like that's been banned from like uh, refing ACC games or something. Don't quote me on that, but um, it's just wild and how crazy they're going out of control with it. But like you mentioned, man, it is warranted when there's so many different missed opportunities that, again, you're sitting there at the Lincoln Financial Field and they're not showing it on the, the, the broadcast. They're not showing it on the big screen because – um, they don't want you to know that, you know, Cedric Wilson got mauled in the face because um, it, it was ugly. And it was it started on the opening drive for the Dolphins. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't just the Dolphins got in their own way, too. And the refs aren't the reason we lost this game. However, we're airing grievances. There's no room for logic here. Joshua, the first drive thing started to stuck right, suck right away. How is the first play from scrimmage on offense? How do you get to delay a game on that? This kind of felt like the old Mike McDaniel games where I don't necessarily think it's a play calling issue. I just think that sometimes the plays take six seconds before the ball snapped to develop. There's one miscommunication. All of a sudden things are derailed. Uh, that penalty, though, 
really bothered me because that delay a game right away against a defense like the Eagles with that front, you cannot be behind the chains. And then I think it was in the second half as well. They had another coming um, uh, coming out of the field the first play. They had a second delay a game. So before we get into the ref nonsense, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Do we think Mike McDaniel has learned from his mistakes from last year? Or are, these, uh, are you feeling a little queasy about these play calls? I don't know if I feel queasy necessarily, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on, right? I mean, I do believe that it happened, and I don't want to say this was a huge – I mean, this wasn't as big as those playoff games where he had, you know, mishaps and things like that, burning timeouts, but this was a big game on Sunday Night Football where they were, you know, hyped up to go out there and play, and for like you mentioned, them to have to burn a timeout there get that or get that delay a game, I mean – that's not what you want your team to do. And I'll admit it. It was pretty loud there, but I've been to games there at the link before we've been to other games. And I can't say that it was like a college atmosphere or anything, you know, how crazy that can be. So um, yeah, that was definitely disheartening, but I won't say I feel queasy because again, um, I think you and I can both agree. And I mean, I know you talk about the past and history about how we've been duped before, but I do feel like Mike McDaniel is the right head coach and is our dude. And I think it might be different with him, but we definitely want to see him learn from some of those mistakes and his offense and just his players in general, not make these boneheaded things that cost you timeouts, especially like you said, first play of the game. Those are just the things you, you never really expect and you never really predict to come. The first drive of the game as well, Isaiah Wynn got rolled up on. He never returned to the game. That put Lester Cotton in there. Lester Cotton was responsible for another false start, and he had a holding penalty, which would have been an uh, awesome touchdown to Tyree Kill, which forced a field goal on. I think it was their second drive after. I think it who, who fumbled for the Eagles? I, I completely forgot what that one was. Uh, oh, Jalen Hurts, he, he fumbled it on a sack by Bradley Chubb, and Christian Wilkins recovered it. That was... Something I do want to say is that the defensive front was absolutely awesome all day. This was like that Bills game last year in the sense of the defense did everything it could to win the game. But there were just some humps there, especially on offense, that the Dolphins could not climb out of. I want to get your thoughts, though, Josh, because that Bills game, it kind of felt like the Dolphins were tightroping and like they were like 40,000 feet in the air and then one little hiccup and all of a sudden they'd be falling to their death. Did this game really feel that way? I didn't think so. I mean, I, again, I feel like this is just a different team where we almost kind of felt cool, calm and collected despite us being down. Right. I mean, even mm -hmm. being there in the stadium, it was like, all right, the Dolphins are going to figure this out because the offense was off rhythm. You mentioned Isaiah Wynn getting hurt. I mean, uh, that's the thing that I continue to go to and just continue to remember. I mean, we'll talk about later in our uh, second episode, I believe, why we're going to be OK. But, you know, we're missing so many different pieces and they still manage to get by and make this game competitive. Um, I think that matchup coming into this week, we were sitting here talking about where this game could be won and lost, and it was the trenches, right? And we did mm -hmm. see that uh, it absolutely happened. I mean, we don't want to knock kick Liam Eikenberg while he's down, but for everybody that propped him up last week, he had a pretty dreadful game in this one. Then you lose Isaiah Wynn. You're already down Armstead. Kendall Lamb looked a little bit you know, shaky, but everyone did because, again, they were playing against one of the best teams in football. So, um, uh, yeah, like you said, man, kudos to that defensive front because – um, even Jalen Phillips stepped up, right, with um, added added snaps. He made an impact in this one. Jalen Phillips was awesome from the start. He's looking healthy. They uh, Vic Fangio said during the week that he'd be on a pitch count, and that was the case. But, man, it's just you, – you just start opening up these drives, and you see right away, like, where the massive issues come in. We spoke about it coming into the game. The Eagles aren't the greatest red zone team. This is a team, and it must have been apparent live and extremely frustrating. This is a team where their biggest strength is is counting to 10. And I don't mean that as disrespect. They are great at, we have four plays, let's get 10 yards and do it over again. 
We're not going to get called for penalties, whether we fold David Long Jr. into a lawn chair or not. There's no penalties going to be called. We're just going to get those 10 yards and do it all over again. Brutal, brutal plays, man. On fourth and one, Jalen Hurts goes up two yards through the middle on that tush push, whatever the hell we want to call it. I'm getting tired of talking about that. But, man, what the most frustrating play of the entire drive, second and ten, early in the second quarter, Jalen Hurts pass incomplete short left to DeAndre Swift. The Dolphins are doing a great job at getting to Hurts making him a little uncomfortable. There were a lot of times where they broke containment and Hertz was able to run free. However, because Hertz was dealing with a leg injury, I didn't think it'd be as big as a problem as it was for the Miami Dolphins. But man, at Miami's 35-yard line, pass goes incomplete to set up a third and 10, a situation the Eagles are probably their weakest scenario to be in as an offense. Christian Wilkins roughing the passer 15 yards from absolutely touching this guy. Dude, I don't know when we can just sit here and, and just pause as a society and say, pause, what are we doing here? Things don't make sense. I mean, I go back to the Jalen Phillips sack last year on Justin Herbert. There are just some scenarios where, okay, if we wanted Christian Wilkins to play perfectly, he had a step and a half to try to spin off him. He didn't push him to the ground. He barely landed on him, and he even laid off. That, to me, is what really started to derail the game, is when you're swinging 15 yards. The Eagles are great at getting 15 yards. It just takes them three plays to do it. When you give it to them all at once, dude, you you cannot win on the road on Sunday night. And the Kelly Greens, you can't beat it all. No, again, cars were kind of stacked against them, but you're right, man. Like that's That right there is a prime example, right, that unnecessary – unnecessary roughness right rough in the passer there was no reason for them to call that that's not um it, it's just so weak and you mentioned earlier how it was warranted um you know sitting here saying about how these refs might be swinging this game a little bit i mean in that situation it was absolutely the case the refs did not win the game for the eagles let me, let me make that perfectly clear the, the eagles played a great game and i don't want anyone to take the idea of them how how well they get to 10 yards in four plays as a slight they made it to the Super Bowl last year by doing it. Like, this is two completely different offenses, and I think that's why, like, you see seven penalties for 70 yards. It doesn't sound that extreme. Okay, well, if you have a second and 10, you finally get the Eagles behind the chains, and all of a sudden you're offsides. You're telling me the Eagles can't get five yards in three plays with, with the running they do? That's where the issues come in because it just made a slow death a little more painful. And I think if, you know, the Dolphins scored that touchdown to Tyreek, if said Wilson was called for that, um, you know, face mask call, we'd feel a little better. But I think we'd still understand the Eagles, the consistency of that offense just to grind you down. That's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, we're sitting here complaining. I'm admitting, you know, I'm sitting here complaining as well about the refs, but uh, I think the Dolphins probably weren't going to find a way to win this one because they were just outmatched, right? We can sit here and talk about the injuries still were blue in the face, but we just did not have any, um, you know, way of combating that. And you talked about the tush push, man. That's, I was sitting there, I went on ESPN Honolulu to talk about uh, Tua, and they were just, that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about was that tush push and uh, how, how teams were going to stop it and, you know, if the Dolphins were going to, have to game plan for that again in the Super Bowl and things like that. So um, it, it what sucks. What's your response? I, I I was kind of taken back by that. I mean, I think I feel like the Dolphins can be in the Super Bowl if that's what you're asking. But I just felt like everyone's sitting here saying it should be banned. And I mean, admittedly, I don't know that it should. Right? I mean, it's a football play. What? Someone's got to figure out a way to stop it. That's that's what we got to do here. It's a football play that gains one yard. Like we are, what are we doing here? Like it's I like the Madden games. There was a Madden where you would just QB sneak and it would always work, right? Like there was a time when the animation they would just always convert it. It was called Tom Brady. 
It was, it was, it was like that simple. Like, and it blows my mind that we need to spend so much time talking about literally 22 people moving one yard, smashing each other in the face for four seconds and moving one yard. To me, man, that's more tiring than, than the tush push itself. Good for the Eagles. They figured out a play that works. They, Hey, what, what do we love Mike McDaniel for? He knows the talent around him. He knows how to use it. And all of a sudden we have the Dolphins as a cheat code. It sounds like anybody's cheating who isn't doing that basic generic Madden playbook. That If you don't do that, you're cheating. If you're not running slants, the PA boot, that stuff, nope, you're cheating. Overall, though, Josh, I think I agree with you, man. The tush push, it's a play. It's fine. It's whatever. Go the first three plays without getting letting them get nine yards. How about that? That's how you stop the tush push. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you stop the tush push. Um, what were your thoughts on, you know, we came into this game and we were asking like what different matchups we were watching. It was definitely the trenches. I mean, I think the Eagles won that battle. We were a little bit worried about that, but we also were talking about Dallas Goddard and, you know, some of those other matchups that the Dolphins had no uh, answer for him. You know, there were times when you saw Eli Apple kind of jogging behind him because he was probably supposed to be in coverage. Um, Goddard had a big day. I mean, and let's be honest, I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw the inactives come up on my phone and it said Xavier Howard, I was like, oh man, dude, like, I, I like Cater Kohu a lot. I mean, I little a little shaky about Eli Apple, but uh, that was not a good matchup, as you saw. AJ Brown went ballistic, and so did Dallas Goddard. So, what were your thoughts on those two? Because um, again, we're eventually going to get healthy here. We keep talking about Jalen Ramsey, but um, it's it's hard on that secondary. And thankfully, we did have a solid pass rush to at least keep us in this one. I I don't think I want to like. Everybody goes to Eli Apple right away as like the whipping boys is everybody's just not a fan of this guy. We're going to bash him every chance we get cutting him and boy, you're going to break your mic. You're doing it so fast. I see you over there, Mr. Hodds. Cut it out. <laughs> okay, Joey, we'll go with that. I can't even think of his last name. Um, I don't think I'd blame the secondary at all for how this game went about. I thought Kohu did a solid job. I think just like it's a matter of time till Tyree Kill catches a deep bomb over your secondary, I think it's only a matter of time till someone tries to hit AJ Brown and the hit somehow the the force of the hit goes through him and hits the defender trying to tackle him on the other side and they both bounce off. It just seems like that's an AJ Brown type thing. I thought they contained him containing meaning not break off like a 40-yard touchdown bomb, right? That's that's the key here. The Dolphins made them nickel and dime it down the field, and A.J. Brown, they lasted all the way until the fourth quarter until he just erupted and had that big touchdown. Obviously, man, you have Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, two of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the league not playing. Those are absolute difference makers where, dude, I'm actually looking forward to having Kohu as your you know third, fourth cornerback. You have Nick Needham coming back. I'm even comfortable having Eli Apple out there when you add in those other guys. I think the secondary is looking pretty solid. I think that the way the Vic Banjo defense operates, they're not going to shut you down. They're not going to necessarily get you into a quick three and out as much as um, fans would love that. It's about getting an opposing offense to work their way down the field. And it's just a shame the Eagles were do, were able to do that. And a lot of it was that the members of the secondary did great initial coverage, but Hey, Jalen Phillips tries to go inside for a sack. Christian Wilkins tries to break on the pocket. All of a sudden Hertz is using his legs and it's a lot harder to cover the more seconds of play last. Yeah, and and soon we're probably gonna see Cam Smith out there too, right? Maybe maybe that's a, a corner. Yeah, maybe may, maybe not. So, um, yeah, man, we'll, we'll we'll see. I just feel like you know the Dolphins. Even if you're coming into this one and you sat here and said, "Okay, Philly's gonna score 31 points," I mean, to your point, I think we would have felt pretty good about that. You know, okay, the so Dolphins gotta score 32. I think we can do that. So, despite the referees, despite you know some of the injuries we've had to occur, some of the mismatches, despite you know, like I said about Goddard getting his. 
AJ Brown getting his. I don't know that the Dolphins offense would have done enough in this one, um, you know, to overcome the Eagles. And that's okay because one day we're going to be healthy, and that's when uh, the entire world's going to be put on notice, right? And it's clear that the Dolphins weren't going 17 and 0. And if the Dolphins are going to lose games, what would you rather them? If the Dolphins were going to be five and two, would you rather them lost to the Broncos at home? Would you rather be dealing with that right now? No, and I like I, I think we said on the last one, right? If you were predicting the schedule even at the beginning of the year, before some of these trades, before some of these signings, the draft, even after, you probably would have said, okay, they might lose to the Eagles, right? Kelly Green night, Sunday night football the in, at, at the link. It's a little bit nipply outside. I mean, it, it, the weather wasn't bad, but yeah, man, I think at this point of the season, five and two, uh, you can feel pretty good about where you're at, and you can also see what needs to improve over the next few weeks. And we kind of went out on a limb, and you know brought into light some of those things. Lester Cotton, the couple penalties. Again, it, it's tough for an offensive lineman to come in, especially rowdy area that shout out the Dolphins offense because there was what the first three runs, each of them went for like negative five yards for Raheem Mostert. I thought for sure it'd be like that Titans game a few years ago where it was Tua looking sad on the sidelines as they lost 43 to three. The growth in this team's incredible because while that offensive line had all of its lunch money stolen, it didn't last for four quarters. There was some opportunities to operate. And also on top of that, man, seeing Tua navigate this pocket with little time is so much more fun than watching Ryan Tannehill get clobbered for a seven-yard loss. I just want to throw those two things out there because the Dolphins do deserve credit where this Eagles defensive line is so great it ruined the game, but it didn't make the game a total disaster, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I do remember looking up at the score at one point. It was like uh, – or just it had the yardage and things like that. And I think it was like negative six yards rushing, and that might have been into the second quarter. Then, you know, Mike McDaniel, they found creative ways. We saw Chase Claypool out there a little bit, right? Shout out to him. I know he was blocking a little bit, kind of getting involved. So, um yeah, man, I, I'm excited to see where this becomes because I feel like, like you said, they're not going to go undefeated, so you're not going to win them all. You lost to a very good Eagles team, and again, you know what your mistakes are heading into, what, a week against the New England Patriots who didn't they beat the Buffalo Bills? Like, it's hard to keep a track of this stuff when you're who at a game. Thought? Yeah, nuts. Who would have thought that the uh... – I, I thought it was easy to win in New England. I thought that was like a bad team. And like and that and, team was going to the Super Bowl. I know everybody thought the Bills were going to the Super Bowl. Like they were spawning at the Super Bowl or something. And and if I don't know sports that well, but I think Matthew Judon is a pretty good player and, and Christian Gonzalez is too. I think those two would help you win more than more than hurt you and help you lose. So that's really interesting. Um Emmanuel Agba playing just a handful of snaps as being one of Miami's highest uh, paid players is depressing. A player to keep my eye on moving forward is Alec Ingold. He had another limited day in terms of snap count. He's been seen in a walking boot and given in the last couple of weeks, so I just wonder if he's been battling through something.